You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Welcome to Focus on the Liturgy. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship with the Archdiocese of Chicago, and I am joined by... I am Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications, also of the Archdiocese. And I'm Timothy Johnston at uh, St. Thomas the Apostle in Hyde Park. In the Archdiocese of Chicago. In the Archdiocese, that's right. (laughs) Merry Christmas, (laughs) Timothy and Danielle. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We are um, uh, airing this show on Wednesday of the Octave of Christmas, um, and we're going to do uh, for the next hour what we do every fourth Wednesday of the month when we air this show. We are going to break open and unpack the season of Christmas. It's been a, a little while since we've uh since we've talked about the liturgical year, the liturgical season for the the whole second half of this year, we had been focusing on Pope Francis's apostolic letter, Desiderio Desideravi, and um, uh, <laughs> have done that every month. And uh, we're going to I wouldn't be surprised if it comes up in today's conversation, but we're going to take a break from that. We're going to go back and look at the Christmas season, which we have just begun. Um, Danielle, I know this is your favorite season of the year. It is. It is. Of course it is. It is the great season of the incarnation, um, which is, a, I think, a central part of my own spirituality um so i i resonate deeply with with this season the the birth of um god dwelling among us um and what that means for who we are as christians and for our lives as mm-hmm. christians right right timothy i know this is a uh particularly with hymnody and with music uh which we'll talk about later on in the show but i know this is uh, an important season for you too yeah, it's been a, a whole new, well, maybe not a whole new, but it's been a good season um, of preparation through Advent up to this time because here at the parish, we we kind of did an Advent Bible study where we were looking at how God has been made present in the world through human history and uh, just some really great conversations and insights and reflections on scripture. So it's it's helped me come to a new lens or kind of a new awareness of of the incarnation in my own life, in the life of this particular parish, in the life of the church, and challenged me in some good ways. So yeah, it's been a it's been a, a good uh, four weeks of Advent and now in this this week of, of Christmas, the octave of Christmas, of just really kind of uh, Danielle will know this. I, I get really um I, I, I'm kind of over the saccharine parts of Christmas, <laughs> if that makes sense. So the sort of sweet piety, because there's so much going on in the world. And I think that 
that's what the fruit of our Advent Bible study as we looked at what the, the, the impact of what the incarnation really means to us. Oh, wow. Um, just it invited me to consider, consider my place in the world differently, my place in the life of Christ differently. So, so yeah, this is a great, a great season um, to continue to meditate and, and reflect on God's presence in our lives. Yeah. You know, uh, both of you have mentioned this. Uh, I mentioned it just as we started. Um, but uh, we may note that, that we are in the middle of the octave of Christmas. Maybe just for the listeners, what do we mean when we talk about an octave? Well, an octave is uh, eight days. Um, and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong um, as we go through this. But yeah, an octave, you know, the church uses octaves and, and certainly uses them much more before the Second Vatican Council, but as a way to commemorate the highest of holy days. So we have the octave of Christmas, the octave of Easter. There used to be others, but those are, the, you know, those two pivotal moments sort of in the life of the church where we celebrate um, for those eight days. Um, each of those days is really like the feast itself right it's, it's like an extension um, it's like uh the the, the feast day yeah. itself lasts for those full eight days right and, and we we celebrate them fully with the gloria and the creed and every day is almost because it is this day it's you know the text of the the liturgy actually you know the hodier this day on this day christ is born um and we celebrate that for each of the days of the octave. So we unify those eight days by keeping that intensity of the celebration yep. going throughout. And, you know, for example, with, with Easter, you know, you sing the, um, the sequence on Easter Sunday. Well, the option is to sing that every day of the octave because it unifies the, that intensity of celebration. Yep. Yep. The, uh, you made mention. So that's why every, uh, every day, um, from, uh, Christmas to a week after is, uh, uh, you'll notice that mass, like you said, the singing of the Gloria, uh, the recitation of the creed, it's, it, it's, it's, it's almost, you know, it's, it's, and, and it's that idea that of today, you know, Christ, mm -hmm. Christ is born today. Christ is manifested today. Christ is, there's an, uh, you know, is, 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 is made visible today, now here in our midst. It, and I really think, Todd, that, that I want to just kind of hit that home because I think that what I shared earlier, that's been some of what my reflection has been leading me to is obviously, and we've talked about this on the show before, you know, it's not just the birth of Christ in history that we're, we're remembering, but the today, like this moment, this time in this history, in my daily life, in our daily life as a church. Um, in the life of the poor, in the life of the refugee, like the life of there's those just at an war. awareness. Yeah, like there's a new awareness, or I'm inviting maybe uh, some folks into a new awareness that it, it isn't just the nice swaddled baby in the manger, but that baby in a manger came to feed the world, to be the very life of the world, and. I think the profundity sometimes, and maybe I'm being cynical, but the profundity of what, and Danielle would, would, would I think, agree with me, the incarnation is often overlooked, overshadowed. And what, what since we're talking about the octave piece, I think one of the unique things about the Christmas octave that helps maybe hit this home a little bit more are the feasts that fall within that octave. Yes. Because each of those, um, like today, Holy Innocence, right? Each of them not only unpack a particular part of salvation history and the, the narrative of, of what's happening, but each of the saints or each of the event, like Holy Innocence in that case, they're unpacking, I mean, they're really connecting and helping us draw more deeply into the Paschal Mystery. So exactly. not just about this birth, but that this birth leads us to suffering, that suffering leads to death and then leads to resurrection, um, that, that what we do as a Christian community how Christ is born in our life, in baptism, in our day-to-day -day life, right, leads us to eventually be the sacrament of Christ in the world yeah. as church. Yes, yes, exactly. I think it's very easy to get caught up in the sacrament because it's so relatable. That, mm -hmm. you know, that human element of a child being born, there's a sentimentality in that. And I think people can understand it, but I, but we do a disservice, I think, to our people of faith when we describe Christmas simply as Jesus's birthday. 
right? Yes. It is, of course. Yes, that's a part of it. But in terms of the incarnational theology that's behind it, I mean, think about our, our experience of Mass or Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So often the reading that we hear is about the shepherds, right? And that's a great story. Everybody knows it, the proclamation of the of the birth narrative from Luke. Everybody knows that it's familiar. It's easy. There's a sense of familiarity for those that may not have been attending Mass you know, throughout the year, but we never hear the other readings, the gospel from John, for example, the, the prologue, prologue yeah. which it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's mass. It's either mass at day or mass at dawn. Um, but that's my favorite text for the Christmas season that Christ was the word who became flesh. Yes. He is the embodiment of the word of God, the embodiment of love, the embodiment of peace, the embodiment of justice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, so Danielle, just as you, you noted that, so that is the mass of uh, the gospel for the assigned to the mass during the day. Thank you. And for our listeners, you know, there are four different, right? Four, four. different mm -hmm. Christmas yep. masses. Mm -hmm. We have the vigil mm -hmm. mass during the night mass at dawn and then mass during the day. So there are four different distinct masses with their own proper liturgical text, meaning the opening collect is different, um, the prayer, the offerings, each of them are, are different. And there are options that, you know, sometimes you just, you know, some parishes will just do the one and they do them for all the, you know. The which is an option, mass, which they can do. Which is an option, which but is an option. So that's, the point. that's why I think, Daniel. Yeah, that, and I think that's often why, you know, we don't always hear all of the readings because, you know, we're, if, if you're in one of those parishes, which is common, and, and as Todd noted, is, is possible, you may not be hearing that. But I would encourage you, if you aren't hearing them, to go and read them, you know, reflect on them in this week, in this octave, um, and go back and rehear that, those stories. Um, and, and Danielle, you just made me think of, sorry, I feel like I'm talking too much, but um, one of the carols that we sang at Christmas, um, carols or hymns, um, uh, was a stable lamp is lighted. And what you were sharing, uh, Danielle, made me think of verse uh, three, uh, where it says, yet he, Jesus, yet he shall be forsaken and yielded up to die. The sky shall groan and darken and darken, and every stone shall cry, every stone shall cry. For hearts made hard by sin, God's blood upon the spearhead, God's love refused again. So even in uh, some of our Christmas songs, oh, when, we, yes. when we really look at the verses, it it the incarnation cannot be separated from the the whole life event if you will right the, and, and the whole paschal mystery yeah yeah and we and yeah. and you you made mention of this timothy but that that kind of that's held right before us from the very beginning of the season we celebrate the nativity on the 25th immediately after that what is for three three con, you know consecutive days what do we celebrate the blood of the martyrs <laughs> and, and, and the liturgical color immediately after Christmas Day for three straight <laughs> days is red for St. Stephen, the very first martyr, for St. John, who was uh, exiled to Patmos, and today, the holy innocents, the children <laughs> slaughtered in Jerusalem. Let's, let's pick it up there, the Comitos Christi, when we come back from this break. Stay with us. For more Focus on the Liturgy, we'll be right back.
Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, continue to excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who have remained open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that meals are available for those experiencing hunger, to our service coordinators and our professional counselors who continue their vital work in innovative ways, to our food pantry staff and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. This is year 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed, what, what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders, teach, Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn king Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. And for those of you following along on Facebook and YouTube, uh, I'm here with Timothy Johnston and Danielle Noe, and we're talking about the Christmas season. Uh, we've just begun it. We are in the middle of the octave of Christmas. We talked a little bit about that before that break. Um, and then right before the break, uh, Timothy and Danielle, we, we had just started talking about the um, what, 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 what is known traditionally as the uh, Comitos Christi, yeah, Comitos Christis, the, Christi, the, uh, the, the Companions of Christ. Um, and, and it really flowed out of the point you two were making that you can't separate Christmas from Easter, all right? It, and, and many of us have heard that old adage that the wood of the crib is the wood of the cross. But that's, <laughs> that's the theology that we're talking about, right? The Paschal mystery can't be compartmentalized. You can't, you can't just, you can't just um, highlight to the one aspect of the Paschal mystery to the detriment of the others. They, they, the, every, every season of the liturgical year is through the lens of the Paschal mystery of Christ, mm -hmm. uh, and that and 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 part of the Paschal mystery is the incarnation. And we we noted mm -hmm. that the calendar reflects that in these first feast days, three feasts of martyrs. The blood of the martyrs is follows immediately upon the heels of of Christmas Day. Um, that that this this and Timothy, as you were saying, Christ came to conquer this death. Uh, and 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 the, it, it it can't be separated from Bethlehem. No, it can't. And it, you know, if, if we believe that this child would redeem us, that is that ultimate sacrifice—the giving of oneself for the salvation of others—and the to immediately follow Christmas Day itself with these three feasts of martyrdom also points to what is this about for us? 
that we also have to give of ourselves for others, that this child in this incarnation, this embodiment of love invites us into that dynamic that we may also be persecuted for our faith Mm. in Christ. We may find times where we might feel exiled for our faith, not to the extreme that we hear with St. John, of course, but those that might push us to the margins for standing up for the oppressed, of giving voice to those who are without. You know, that is what Christmas really calls us to be. Right. To be Christ in the world in those mm-hmm. ways, you know, it mm-hmm. it was it was um, it was quite uh, providential that the music that we went out with in that last break that led into the break was uh, that that beautiful carol that referenced mm-hmm. the slaughter of the innocents, right, uh, which, right. which we celebrate right. today um, in in the companions of Christ, Saint Stephen, mm-hmm. Saint John, and the innocents of 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 Jerusalem. So uh, this this is more of a, a trivia piece, uh, and and maybe because I don't know myself, S- because I think earlier we said that the first three days are all red, mm-hmm. but John is not red. Oh, John He's is not white. red. White. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever paid attention to that until I have just not now. paid attention yeah. to that. And because he, I don't, he was not murdered. I don't think was he, or is there another? I actually don't know the reason why. I mean, outside of maybe he wasn't martyred, why that particular day would be white. Interesting. As evangelist. Yeah. But most of those are red, aren't they? That's true. They are red. Yeah. All of the apostles. Yeah, you're we have to look right. into this. I think, I think he's the only apostle that's white. Anyway, sorry. That, that's just a sort of caveat. Like, I was like, oh, thinking about that. Um, a little glimmer of hope there in between the two martyrs. There, there you but, go. But even so, the, as the evangelist, the one who proclaims the good news, right, the one who is sharing that um, throughout the world and and the good work, um, you know, he doesn't abandon Christ, uh, okay. you know, in, in, in the sense of our tradition um, at the cross, like he, he remains present, right? Right. And so there's a call for us in that same way, not only to give of our life, maybe like Stephen and the Holy Innocence, maybe not as dramatically. But um, but we do offer, we give, but we also remain present with and to um, Christ. We accompany. I, and, you, I, and what you said, Todd, those, that that tradition of the three companions. I mean, we're part of that that narrative. Exactly, exactly. And then and then that lead, you know, that kind of kind of uh, usher ushers us into the the whole season itself. Uh, which this year, just even just looking at it, the its structure for this year, um, we don't always it, 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 the the time of the Christmas season varies every year. This year, this year we've got two full weeks. In fact, mm-hmm. in fact, oh, two full weeks in a day almost. <laughs> you could say with the baptism, right? Baptism uh, on Monday, but but because because Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. That that does that does kind of set the season up in a in a in an unusual way, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, well go ahead, Danielle. Well, you know, the whole idea of that Sunday, that primacy of day, that day of resurrection, right? So it's really intimately tied up theologically then of this celebration of incarnation, yet. Sunday is that day of resurrection, the Lord's Day. So it's very much tied up into that this year, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, because it's on a Sunday, um, the the end, the octave day, the, the, the end of the octave also falls on a Sunday. And the, mm-hmm. the, the, the octave day is always the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, right? Right. And so... Right. Um, Normally, the Sunday that follows Christmas is the Feast of the Holy Family. But but because there is no Sunday (laughs) between Christmas and the end of the octave, Holy Family gets moved. Right. Holy Family automatically gets moved to November 30th when that happens. Mm -hmm. When there is no Sunday um, between Christmas and the octave day, January 1st, the, which is normally the Feast of the Holy Family, it gets moved 
always to December 30th. And that mm-hmm. falls and that falls on the Friday following Christmas this year. Yeah. And, and and then and then, and then because Epiphany is a week from Mary Mother of God, which is a Sunday, <laughs> then in those years the feast of the baptism, which usually ends the Christmas season, immediately follows Epiphany. And so we, right. we celebrate, we celebrate um, the Feast of the Baptism on uh, January 9th this year. So even, even the, um, the season this year is different than other years. It is, and there's a theological progression or a theological continuity then between the Sunday celebrations of Christmas, the obvious birth, the obvious incarnation, but then with Mary, Mother of God, Theotokos, right? That's what this this solemnity is honoring. And that Theotokos Mary was means declared Mother of God. She is the God bearer. The God right? bearer, right? And, and Mary, of course, is. Uh, as the Second Vatican Council in Lumen Gentium teaches us that Mary is this primary sign or symbol of the church. So she points to what all of us, the baptized, are going to be redeemed into. So as this symbol of the church, as this God bearer, we are then called to be bearers of the light, of bearers of the of incarnation the to others. Of Culminating the then in Epiphany, which the light to the Gentiles, the light to all nations, that this message must be given to all people. And we are called through this incarnation and resurrection we're called into this mystery. We're called into this relationship, this encounter, to bring others into that encounter. It really is a it really is a season with three movements: mm-hmm. the Nativity, the Theotokos, and then Epiphany. Right, mm-hmm. um, uh, and 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 in many ways, you can see Epiphany, the final Sunday of the Christmas season, as the culmination of the whole season. Mm-hmm. Right. The, mm-hmm. the, the manifestation, mm-hmm. the revelation, the epiphany right. of who who exactly is this child that was born in the night right. on the uh, on, on the on the nativity? Yeah. Who who right. exactly is the and, and, and in these manifestations, he's revealed as the savior, as the son of God, as the beloved of God. Uh, in whose image we are baptized and the baptism of the Lord closes out this season. Right. And I think sometimes people might question, well, why is baptism of the Lord part of the Christmas season then, right? What It kind of ends on, people might think this lower note, but it's the liturgical year is so profound in its movements that we're one season ends, the next season naturally picks up. Seamlessly, so we move, seamlessly. Yeah, so so we we go from this great manifestation to the act that launched Jesus into his public ministry. So it really asks the question, okay, so what? Right. Put your money where your mouth yep. is, right? Exactly. What, what are you going to do about it? And that's How all of and that's as... all of ordinary time immediately after yeah. Christmas, right? Yeah. We got to exactly. take a break yeah. here, uh, but when we come back, we'll pick up on this discussion of breaking open the Christmas season here on Focus on the Liturgy. Stay with us after these messages. Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. 
We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to the second half of our show. If you're just joining us, this is Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ on YouTube and on Facebook. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications. And I'm Timothy Johnston from St. Thomas in Hyde Park. And we are unpacking the Easter, or the Easter, oh goodness. We are unpacking the Christmas season. Merry Christmas to everybody. We are in the third day of the octave, the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Um, in the first half of the show, Danielle and Timothy, we were talking about the companions of Christ, right? The days immediately after Stephen, uh, St. John the Evangelist, and then today the Holy Innocents. Um, and Danielle, you, in, in, in the, uh, during the break, you did a little bit of soothing. <laughs> and, yeah, so a little research to answer Timothy's question. So St. John wasn't killed or martyred as St. Stephen or the Holy Innocents, but the idea of blood martyrdom versus white martyrdom. So the idea of being a faithful companion to Christ to even to the point of being exile, exiled, of giving exile. that, that sacrifice of being committed to Christ and, and what 
his teachings were. So that's where that idea of of white martyrdom comes from, and of course, be, that he wasn't killed. Of course, martyred. Like, color right. shifting to white. Right. Interesting. And then and then and when white is, I mean, it, that that white or gold is the color, the liturgical mm-hmm. color, uh, right. for the season of Christmas. And it kind of it kind of points us to one of the other. Um, one of the other theological aspects of this season, the spiritual aspects of this season, because we were talking before the break about it being uh, the season of incarnation and that mm-hmm. all that that means, that great mystery, um, uh, uh, God breaking into our world, uh, the divine, mm-hmm. you know, one of the uh, one of the uh, texts for the mass uh, during this octave for one of the days um, talks about giving giving thanks to God because of of Christ sharing our humanity so that we could share in his divinity mm-hmm. right the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 incarnation really is the uh, open door to the divinization of all of creation all of yes. creation yes we are we are not God but we are like God and Christ, being born into this world fully God, fully human, like us in all ways but sin, right? So as this embodiment of human perfection, of what God intended from the very beginning of creation before the fall, he shows us really what it means to be human. Yes. In in all its... Human in its purest form. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I've said this to, you, to uh, on the show before, but you know how oftentimes when people sin or make mistakes, we say, "Well, we're only human." But I really, but that's fallen humanity because in our fully human state, we're in the purity of Christ. Yeah, in the image of. Mm-hmm. Right, which takes us back to again our baptism and our confirmation. Right, right, right. yeah, exactly. It, it, I know, I know. Um, so the, the, this as the the season of the incarnation. We talked about it as a season of epiphany, manifestation of who mm-hmm. Christ is and what Christ came to do. But then it's always followed with, like you said, Danielle, the so what. So what difference does it make in in your life? I mean, and for the mm-hmm. lives of every listener. What difference does this celebration make in your life? Does it make a difference? And if it doesn't make a difference, then we're doing it wrong. <laughs> right, right. There's this wonderful poem, um, and I don't have it in front of me, so I can't repeat it exactly. But the paraphrase basically is is when when the, all of the carols are still, the, the decorations are put away. To really live Christmas then is to f- feed the hungry give thirsty to to the uh, give water to the thirsty shelter to the homeless you know all of those things that jesus taught and preached about and lived and lived ministry that's what we're called to do that's putting christmas in action it's putting easter in action there's always this parallel we don't often talk about christmas in terms of the baptismal season i think the eastern church does that much better than roman catholicism epiphany is is a day chris epiphany is really the higher solemnity for them over christmas and it's a day of baptism yep the water is the blessed on, on Epiphany. The water is blessed. People mm-hmm. take it home. Um, people drink it in in many of the uh, mm-hmm. Eastern rites uh, on Epiphany. It, it is, and because because of that, it's the manifestation of who Christ is, but it's also the manifestation of who we are, right? And who we right. are, exactly. and who we are to be, as you said, exactly the light to the whole world. Um, yeah, you know, it, it it's so. Not very long from now, about seven weeks or so, we're going to have, um, we're going to hear the, um, I think, one of my most favorite texts in all the Roman Missal. And it's on the fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time. So it's it's only a, a number of weeks away, maybe six weeks or so. And in, and it talk about so what danielle right you know so 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 what that uh, that 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 christ was born in in and that calls us and, and that he calls us to live in his image 
the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, the prayer after communion. O God, who have willed that we be partakers in the one bread and the one chalice, grant us, we pray, so to live that, one in Christ, we may joyfully bear fruit for the salvation of the world. For the salvation of the world. I, I just it, that this converse, just conversation made me think of that. But how connected you were talking about the seamlessness of the liturgical year, the liturgical year really, as we go along, it does reveal the mystery of Christ Mm -hmm. and what that mystery of Christ means for our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Timothy, you were going to say something. Oh, no, I, I, I was back in epiphany land. Um, (laughs) What about it? (laughs) But I, I mean, just to comment on on that prayer after communion. I mean, I know we've we've brought various prayers after communion up on the show over the years, and there's such rich nuggets in those short little prayers that we don't often reflect on. And I think Todd, you once said, and and it's good to bring back, is you know, in some ways they unpack even in the the brevity of them, they unpack mm-hmm. sort of what we've celebrated and what we're going to be called to do, and we're dismissed. Right. Yeah, and. I mean, that's really sort of the the crux of yeah this season and Easter. That's it. Really, is all sort of tied tied together. It, it's so connected, and, and we we focus so much on on Easter and resurrection as bringing salvation. I don't think we often talk about Christmas in that way, but here God is broken into our human existence. Taking on our forms, so He became one of us. Right that. He loved us so much to bring us back into this relationship that had become deeply severed, separated from God. We call it the marriage of heaven and earth for a reason, that through his birth, we are brought back into union with God. I love that image. Into relationship. I love that image from the the patristics. Talked about Mm -hmm. the the Christmas as the marriage between heaven and earth. There's a beautiful poem from that period that talks about um, the 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 word coming into the world and the wedding chamber was Mary's womb. Mm. The wedding oh, yeah. the wedding chamber was Mary's womb. Yeah, right. That that that, that comes from the the patristic period. So from early on mm-hmm. in our history, saw this feast of Christmas as uh, as as the marriage between heaven and earth. God weds Himself to His own creation in this feast. Well, I think it's also important too to to understand that as Catholic Christians, we're always looking through our different feasts, different solemnities, different observances through the lens of resurrection. Um, so you can't isolate Christmas without thinking of resurrection. It's not this nostalgic baby born in a manger. Um, Father Raymond Brown always said we celebrate an adult Christ at Christmas right. because we're looking through that lens. Right. And that's it. That, I think that's an important distinction because, yeah. you know, a secular celebrations of Christmas and and I love to be I you, you know me, I get, get involved <laughs> in all of that. But it's all focused on the baby. And, to and, the detriment of the reality that what it really is as Christian, as Catholic Christians. Exactly, exactly. We'll pick it up there. Well, when oh, Go ahead, Timothy. Well, I was just going to, and maybe we can pick this up when we come back, but I, I think, Todd, you said something, you just noted something about creation and what Danielle was saying made me go back then to the beginning of the show when Danielle brought up the Gospel of John. And if we, you know, in terms of the adult Christ, if we think about, the twofold nature, not just the birth of, of the baby in history, but the birth of Christ, as we said, daily, but at the end of time, that second coming. And when we look at the prologue of John's gospel, um, there's the cre- it's really a creation yeah, story. It is, a recreation story. You can begin story. to kind of look at that. Yeah, exactly. And But it's not just about that once in, in history, it is about that ongoing, like also what what does this new creation look like at the end of time? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And Christ being born in, yeah. you know, if Christ is born daily in our life. So I think there's that, yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure where I wanted to go with that, but, but that's where my brain was kind of uh, going is it's a, that adult Christ, you know, sometimes we're, we need to be a little bit, uh, I, I want to say this carefully, a little bit more mature in our own faith in adult. order to yeah. enter into um, the mystery in new ways and that's the beauty of why we do this year after year right yep. we, we come to it with new things we'll pick it up there when we come back our final break 
in talking about the Christmas season here on Focus on Liturgy. Stay with us. Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. I can't imagine myself going into any other school. Our school fosters growth by being a backbone to our family. My kids are incredibly well-rounded. I see a lot of kindness in them on a daily basis. One of the things I think Catholic schools do well is personalize the learning experience. You can hear joy in the classrooms. I feel that like I'm happy that I am in this kind of school. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. Catholic Charities offers a wide variety of volunteer opportunities to those who want to share their time and help us serve people in need. Whether it's stocking the shelves of our food pantries, helping refugees learn the English language. Good people, this Christmas time, consider Welcome back to this final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. We are breaking open the Christmas season. Merry Christmas to all listening. Timothy and Danielle, Merry Christmas to you. We're in the third day of the octave um, and the uh, Wednesday of Holy Innocence. Timothy. Yeah, so before uh, before our break, we were just briefly, um, I mentioned how if we look at the prologue of John's Gospel, it, it's a creation story uh, that we at least can recognize that genre within the story from what we understand in the Old Testament. And so just a quick little, uh, I won't read the whole passage because it's, it's rather long, but it, the 
the, the gospel begins, this prologue begins, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, you know, trying already to make this clarity that the, from the very beginning um, that the Word existed. Um, and we think about that in Genesis, you know, sort of spoken into being, the breath of God uh, bringing creation in, into being in that sense. And we can see this, this creation motif you know, not only in that passage, but if we look at other, um, we can, uh, you know, like Sirach, uh, I think it's chapter 24, we can begin to kind of even see some similarities with the prologue of John's gospel and this image of wisdom, this image of word and the relationship. So there's this through line in the tradition coming out of the Hebrew scriptures into even the New Testament, um, helping us to understand that it is Jesus, um, that not only Jesus is God, but he is the savior, you know, the keeping that, that clear, um, you know, and, and this it, it is really one of my favorite readings, you know, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, you know, that those images, um, uh, I think are just really important based on what we've been talking about to contemplate on in these, this octave day in these next several days of, of the Christmas season. And what does that mean then for me in my life, but also the life of my parish community, the life of our diocesan church, um, you know, as we, we really consider what it means that the word became flesh and the profundity of that God, which we've said, right, that, that God chose to dwell among us, to become human and be like one of us. Like, that's really something to sit with, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and, and as I said, you know, trying to be a little careful about this, but it does require a little maturity um, or vulnerability in, in our faith life to, to be open to what is maybe unfolding and inviting us into. Yeah, we've said, you've, you've heard it another way. God wanted to be with us so badly mm -hmm. that God became one of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Danielle, you were going to say there, something. Well, there are these movements of God's creative love throughout our tradition. You, the story of creation, story of Christmas, the the resurrection, and then what we hear in Revelation. It's like we're we're constantly encountering God's creative love and this invitation to come back to Him, always and everywhere. It's like God, God continually remakes mm -hmm. God, God, mm -hmm. including us. That's, that's why we have the sacraments, right? right? right. That's why we have the sacrament of reconciliation, for example. Right. God continually right. remakes um, until, until, Timothy, you alluded to it earlier, until, and Danielle, this is your favorite, until that recapitulation yes. of, and, of all creation. Yeah, Christmas, like I can't separate Christmas from that reality of that end time of what we're the being second coming. So into. yes, I I can't separate it with that. And I mean, you know, I love the nativity. Well, nor and, can and the church, nor can the church separate it because look at look at look at uh, the whole preparation for yeah. Christmas and mm -hmm. Advent points us to the end, points right. us to this the return of Christ in glory, and ultimately, we, so does Christmas. In the old translation, we used to say, wait in joyful hope, right? But now it's wait for the blessed hope. That is Christ, that fullness of hope that is revealed to us that conquers this darkness. That's We're, the epiphany. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the, just the, the symbolic nature of everything that we do in this season of, of why we have this nativity. It's this parallel story between the creation narrative of this this god making his dwelling among people within with animals present in that he gives dignity to the impoverished state of humanity he elevates us to this sacredness that god intended from the very beginning yeah. you know i i, I I, you laugh at me because I love to put place my figures in my nativity and, and ha give things meaning to what I'm doing. It's my favorite tradition of the Christmas season, but it is because it reminds me of that God came to us in the very dirtiness of our world, yeah. this broken world where he was turned away and had to sleep where the animals eat, defecate yeah. and eat. And it was gross. It's dirty, but he 
gives us a dignity in that. One, in one, all of our one, one of my favorite lines from that jo- the the prologue, the the Christmas reading from John, Timothy is is the line, um, a light shone in the darkness, and the darkness mm-hmm. has not overcome it. That da- yeah. and, and there's the, the, Danielle. That's what you're talking about. The light shines exactly. in, comes into the dark. The light has come into the darkness of a broken world, um, the darkness of of, right. of our fallen nature, um, and and the the darkness does has not and cannot and will never overcome yeah. it. Right. That's that's why we use so many images of light during the season. During the season, the yeah. lights on our houses, the star so that do, guided the magi. When you do their drive-bys at, at night with your family <laughs> to look at Christmas lights, be reminded of what that light means, and that that light dwells within you, and that you're called to share that light. You're called to embody. God's love. You're called to embody that peace. And to take it into the darkness. What does it mean to bring peace to this world? Yeah, and to take it into the darkness. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to bring peace to your family? What does it mean to bring Mm -hmm. peace to your neighborhood? What does it mean to bring peace to your your workplace? All of that. It's yeah. it there there, there again is that baptismal theme, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Right, um, and 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 that's that's at the heart of this season. Christmas calls us to action. Oh my goodness! All of our major feasts in mm-hmm. the liturgical year yeah. call us into action, right? Mm-hmm. Right, even yeah. Yeah. Well, it just all this conversation and uh, is kind of making me think about, um, and I just pulled it up because I was I was going back to it. But in Second Peter chapter three, and this isn't I don't think we hear this in the Christmas season per se. I'd have to actually look that up. But in this, you know, in in Second Peter, it's, it, he's writing to the community to remind them that that God's delay in coming back um, is. he's still coming like in that sense, but uh, where did it go here? Did I lose it? Um, But it says that the Lord does not delay his promise as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I bring that up um, kind of from our conversation, but what, what goes on in the rest of that part of the chapter is actually that call to action is like, stay the course, like don't give up just because he hasn't come back quite yet. Yeah. Stay the course. Do what you're called to do as as members of Christ's body. Basically, I cannot yeah. think I cannot think of the be- a better way to end a show on Christmas on the Christmas season than with those thoughts. Um, Timothy, Danielle, Merry Christmas! Merry I, ho- Christmas. I hope it's Merry a Christmas. I hope it's a wonderful celebration. Continues to be Same that for you and for all of our listeners. We will be back in the new year in 2023 next month in January. Until then. God bless everyone. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven, heaven and nature sing. Every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media. Sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven.